Welcome to the Survival Prepper Show, where being labeled a crazy prepper is a badge of honor. Learn about disaster preparedness, survival, and get ready for whatever challenges might come your way. This is not your typical prepping podcast, and they won't be silenced by the censors. Here are your hosts, Duff and Dale. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, got a got quite a bit of stuff to talk to you talk to uh, or talk about today. Uh, some of this Neuralink stuff that uh, Elon Musk is doing, and uh, some some DNA stuff. Uh, uh, a lot of stuff that's been making its round on news, and you know, I I, I wanted to kind of talk about it anyway today because get our Brian's got a, a unique perspective on that stuff. Plus the you know, as a, a conversation we were having earlier, maybe we'll get into this too. The whole militarization militarization of the police and all that. Uh, so, who knows where this is going to go? As usual, right? <laughs> uh, but that's the that's that's the plan at this moment in time. Um, uh, before we get into this, though, I wanted to mention we did a. I, I don't know how many people from our channel actually saw it last night, but we were over on Jason Charles's channel, the the Angry Prepper. Uh, had a great time. Brian's video didn't cooperate with him through the second half of the show, but the audio did. Uh, so yeah. Uh, it was, it was a really cool show. It was a lot of fun. He's a pretty down-to-earth dude, uh, as down-to-earth as you can be, being a prepper anyway, uh, because we talk about yeah, some, was, some crazy shit. <laughs> it, it was fun um, listening to him try to figure out, because his his kid might be getting into a uh, submarine biology school in New York. I guess it's a really hard school to get into, and it's a really prestigious thing, so... Uh, he's finding out here by the end of the week whether they're going to uh, get him into the school or not. I think he's waiting to find out if they're going to have to get the vaccination because he won't let him get the vaccination, I guess. So um, he, he he's pondering where he's stuck. He's like, I might be stuck in New York City because my kids go into the school, you know. And so he's trying to figure out his preparedness when, you know, rightfully so, that's the last place you want to be in the world, I think, is like New York City or L.A. right now. It's kind of ground zero for craziness, right? Yeah, yeah. But that just goes to show when it comes to preparedness, uh, you're kind of stuck with what you you have to live within your means and you have to do what you can do. So while it's ideal to be able to get this bug out location in the middle of nowhere, like castle on top of the hill, all that stuff, uh, that's not feasible for 99% of us. Uh, there are those yeah. that, that are lucky enough to live out there and do that stuff. And then there's people like me that are kind of rural uh, there's people like you that just go wherever the hell the wind blows. <laughs> but a lot of people, you know, you, you, you're stuck with the circumstances you're stuck with, what, you know, whether it's yeah. dependent on where you work and all that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it's, that's gotta be, that, that would be a daily well, frustration and, for me being stuck there. And, and you know what? It was, it was, it was refreshing though, to see his frustration about it. And then um, at the same time, um, being willing to do that for his kid to have a great education. Like yeah. that goes against every grain that he has of sticking in New York, you know? And so I thought that was pretty cool, man. Yeah. And I noticed too, we got a couple new people in the chat and I'm, I'm sure they're yep. from, from his channel over there. So, uh, thank you guys yep, for Kathy. subscribing and coming over here and all that stuff. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun time. Really cool dude. Can't wait to get back on a show again. Cause just, it's kind of fun that it's, it's different, right? Not that I have anything against me and you blabbing to each other all the damn time, but Getting that that other personality in there, getting that other person in there is kind of cool. So, yeah. Uh, with that, I wanted to 
I, I got this clip today of the Biden administration talking about the recession and all that stuff. And basically, it's it's their excuse for everything that's going on these days. So I wanted to play this, and then we can talk about that stuff. <laughs> Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. Well, what's that then? I've heard worse. You liar. Come on, you pansy. <laughs> Victory is mine. Look, you stupid bastard, you've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. Just a flesh wound. Look, stop that. Chicken. Chicken! Look, I'll have your leg. Right! Right, I'll do you for that. You what? Come here. What are you going to do, bleed on me? I'm invincible! You're a loony. I thought that was the perfect analogy for the the, the excuse machine that comes out of Washington these days. The the gas prices, you know, it's it, it's not that bad. The res, the inflation, it's not that bad. It's just a flesh wound, right? And they're talking hey, about a recession now, which is not a recession. <laughs> I was go. I was this. It, it's funny because I just I was going through a bunch of paperwork today, and I and I found this old receipt. Let's. I don't know if we can read it there. Right, twenty seventeen. Look for it. Look for it. Two eighty nine. Two eighty nine a gallon. Two eighty nine a gallon. <laughs> I, I was thinking about putting that on eBay and selling it as a collectible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, Gizmo in the chat said came from Pinball. You mean Pinball Prepper? Uh, is that? I, oh, I, cool. I believe that's what he's talking about. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Gizmo. Thanks, yeah. Pinball. Appreciate that. But uh, yeah, it, it's just insane the, the the excuses that don't believe your eyes bullshit that comes out of Washington these days. And I get it that you know they're they're you know playing this this sleight of hand game with the whole the two week or two quarters in a row isn't a recession and this is what it, you know look look at what you're paying for shit. You know well, does it really matter? Th- th- there's a little known um, deal about recession, which is always tells you that recession is happening is if the White House is changing the definition of what a recession is, they're doing it because they don't, because it's a, there's a recession. It's meeting the definition. We're in a recession, man. Yeah. Just, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for kind of shit. You know, they're trying to, yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's like the emperor and Darth Vader trying to do it to us. You know, give us the Jedi mind trick. Yeah. And, and Brandon said in the chat, cast prices are dropping every day and they are, I mean, it's, it's good to see things yeah. going in that direction. Cause I didn't think it was going to happen, but I, I I'm not giving them credit until it gets down to at least three bucks and then I'll give them yeah. credit. I'm still paying five seventy five a gallon. I'm not, I'm not giving them too many attaboys yet. We'll see. Yeah. And, and who knows? It seems like, you know, maybe the food with this deal, if this Ukraine grain thing works out, maybe that relieves something. We'll see what happens. It's, it's interesting how a bunch of stuff all of a sudden kind of backed off a little bit. And what we were talking about before the show, at the same time that backed off and at the same time they just they dropped that, hey, you know, we're going up three quarters of a point on uh, interest rates again. That same day is the day Manchin signed, agrees to the Build Back Better plan where they're going to spend, I don't know how many, what are these, billions? I, I don't know. Billion dollars? I don't know. Trillion dollars? I, I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. But Yeah, I, I read it and it was... That, it, 
it, it came down from two trillion or whatever, right? Uh, uh-huh. The original package, and he just would not sign it. Now I think it's close to five hundred billion. So just a drop in the bucket, right? I mean, it's only it's like ten times what we gave to Ukraine, uh, eight times or whatever. I don't know what the math is these days. We keep we keep throwing money at them, but but yeah, yeah. It, it came down. I was reading this article you you sent me, and there's actually the way this was written, and who knows who to trust anymore, Fox News or anybody. Sure. But the way that it was written, there are a couple good things in there talking about medication. The prices of medication will come down. Um, and they're talking about how this, you know, it's that Democrat philosophy of throw money at it to fix the inflation type thing. So they're talking about how this will decrease. Um, this will decrease the inflation tax uh, that, and, and it will um, put it, it's going to cost five hundred billion. And you, I'll have to put this link in the show notes. It'll cost five hundred billion, but it will save eight hundred and something billion. So their well, idea of throw money at it and it's going to make everything better, which is you threw money at it and put us in this place in the first place. So throw it's yeah. almost like Clark Griswold in Vegas Vacation, just will not stop gambling. You know, he's spending all his money on everything until China's buying up farmland. Well, it, it makes me wonder, first of all, what what they did to get Manchin to change in tune. Like they paid for that somehow, right? They, I mean, what agreements do they give to Manchin? And considering his his daughter was like neck deep into pharmaceutical scandals and all kinds of trading, and here all of a sudden there's a bunch of pharmaceutical stuff to to that. It makes me wonder what's going on. But then one of the big areas I think that they say that they're gonna how it's it's a cost neutral bill, or they're gonna make money off of it. Is because they're going to, they want, this is the whole thing about increasing the, the IRS by thousands of agents, my understanding is. And, and please fact check me on that. But that they're increasing the size of the IRS so that they go after all those stupid rich people and get their money. How many IRS agents do you need to go after the really wealthy people? Thousands, like tens of thousands? Or are you using that to go after the people who can't defend themselves? You know, yeah, yeah. And you don't need and, all those and, agents like, to go like, after oh, lawyers. Yeah. yeah, they're going to go after the rich, all right. Everybody, get ready to get get a, a, a an I you know an IRS memo audit. You know, probably shoved up your ass. So, yeah, all all the rich people have their accountants and lawyers and all that stuff. So that's you know, that's that's all red tape that goes on. They need these actual physical bodies well, to come knock on my door or your door, uh, and and get things done. So yeah. So and, and think about this, right? Going back to modern monetary theory, what are they doing? They're, they're they haven't stopped spending. They, I mean, this is a spending bill. So nowhere have they stopped spending. They're just couching this one as we'll make money down the road off of it. So, but how do you? How does modern monetary propose that you fix inflation? You remove money from the economy. If you got thousands of new IRS agents pulling money out out of every middle class and lower middle class person's ass. They're pulling money out of the economy. It's yeah. they, they, what, what it's going to take to fix the economy is for them to stop fucking spending money, but they're not doing that. Again, it, and everything you see, what they're doing is how can they get money out of we the people? Yeah, yeah. Hey, real quick, uh, Peter in the chat talking about how in New Zealand, uh, $8.50 $8. per gallon. How does that compare to, say, last year, Peter? I don't know what the prices and all of that are. I know in Europe and, and stuff like that, it's more expensive usually than it is here anyway. But how does that compare to like a year or two ago? Um, with that, on that, the same lines as that, they, they raised the interest rates today and with the intention of, you know, helping the inflation and all that. 
And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. It, it's always baffled me how you, raising inflation rates actually helps that stuff. But it's basically penalizing us again. So what they do is they raise mm-hmm. the inf- interest rates to basically and correct. Like I said, correct me if I'm wrong. To stop people from borrowing, to stop people from putting stuff on their credit cards, and that in turn decreases the demand. So then the prices go down. Is that basically what the thought process is with raising inflation rates? Because it seems like just another way to screw us. Well, again, it comes back to, you know, and that might be what people are proposing and saying it is, but it comes back to pulling money out of the system, right? How are they taking money out of the system? For you to borrow money, you're going to spend more money. They're taking money out of your system, out of the system. Again, they're taking out of you. They, they, They haven't back to the same point that I'm beating to death, they haven't stopped spending. And that's the whole deal with modern monetary theory. And you know, it's how our government is just running amok because if they truly wanted to, to shrink everything down and to shrink the deficit, they would stop spending fucking money. And maybe in combination with they taxes and, but get, and, and, and it's the other, one of the other things I beat into the ground is inflation is attacked by either an inept or corrupt government. It's a tax on that. Because yeah. they have the ability to pull to pull the levers to keep inflation really low. Yeah, but they don't. This is all being manipulated. Yeah, that's that's what Manchin said in that article too. The inflation tax, and I was shocked. I was like, "What? A politician like actually said that out loud? <laughs> Admitted that?" Yeah. But it, but Manchin is one of those those weird politicians that you know you he's he's a Democrat, but. He can't act like a Democrat because he won't get reelected. So, uh, which would be nice if all of them were like that. That would be fan freaking tastic. There might actually be some common sense crap get done in there uh, if they were all like that. Uh, but it, it's just you know, that, yeah, that sounded stupid imagine, coming out of my mouth. <laughs> oh my god, man, that was horrible, dude. What kind of bullshit was that? Manchin is sitting back. He just gets to play. He gets to sit in the catbird seat. Yeah, you know he's the, the he's the, like the de- deciding vote, and so again, what are they offering him on the back? This has been in the back end. This has been in the works for a year. They've been trying to get him to agree to this. What is he getting on the backside that nobody knows about? That got him to finally say, "Yeah, I'll sign off on Build Back Better." He didn't do it without getting paid by Schumer. They have to get a win in there somewhere. Yeah, you know. Uh- and I think that's what this whole thing is about. It's about Schumer talking to him saying, hey, what do we need to do? Because we need something. Uh, we, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, got, we got a goose egg here, and we need something. So what, what is that dollar figure? What kind of favors do we have to give you? All that stuff. Hey, Peter in the chat said, before, before this mess, it was about four fifty a gallon. Uh, my car is on diesel, so much cheaper. Uh, New Zealand, a dollar per liter for diesel now is three thirty per liter. Uh, so interesting. So yeah, it, it rose, oh. you know, basically the same, um, same type of holy crap so shit going di- on here. Diesel in, in New Zealand is cheaper than gas, huh? Yeah. I, I, I wasn't just, sure if I read that here, right. right? <laughs> yeah. Cause if that's the case, that's the opposite here because I, I, I have a diesel and I, and that's, what's killing me going there looking at five. I think it came from five ninety nine, five ninety seven to it's down around five seventy five now a gallon here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all this stuff is interesting though. I mean, a couple months ago we were uh and I'm still not, you know, not willing to say we're out of the woods by any means, but a couple months ago we were sky is falling, this shit's gonna get bad. It seems like for whatever reason, 
it is starting to correct itself. And and we had talked about this a little bit on Jason's show last night, too, about how intentional this stuff is and how it does seem kind of suspect that it, it's all of a sudden. And maybe it's because behind the scenes they are, are actually seeing how bad it is and they're working on this shit. I don't know. I'll give them credit uh, if, if that is the case. But we are seeing um, some of this stuff kind of get figured out. Uh, so uh, it's it's interesting if it's, you know, something that they tried well, to push and then this whole Ukraine thing kind of, you know, kind of pushed them further than they wanted to go and now they're correcting course. Or they see Biden's polling numbers the, and this administration, basically Democrats all together, all of that stuff crashing down on them. So they're trying to figure this crap out, which is do, do you good think for us, this I guess. All, it's benefiting us do, at this point. Do, do you think... but? Do you do you actually believe that they're 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 improving it? Like they're trying to improve things or that this is just part of the plan that they're that it's it's more of the, you know, kabuki bukaki theater going on. Yeah, well, my it's happening globally, though. So I think if it were just strictly in the United States, I would think that more. But I, I think. All of these countries who locked people out of their businesses, don't, wait, wait, don't who, who you locked rant, people in their homes. Don't you but, rant? Don't you rant about the World Economic Forum by being the puppet masters? So why, when oh, it yeah. happens globally, why, why would, why would you discount? Why would you say, well, it's happened globally, so that's not that's kind of discounts the, the the thing that they're actually intentionally doing some of this. No, that's what I was getting ready to say because it, oh. this all started with locking people down with, with locking people out of their businesses, putting people out of business all over the globe. So all of this stuff has, has that element of intentionality and they had to know it was going to have ramifications. They had to know that pouring all of this money into the economy and, uh, and it, wastefully doing it was going to have these ramifications. I don't think they expected Putin to pull his shit and kind of put a monkey wrench into their little plan that where they're already redlining everything, uh, and that just just screwed everything up. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see, like I, to give them credit for shit. I'm just glad that it on my see, end, me the, personally, it's starting to affect me a little bit less. <clears throat> yeah, there's two byproducts of Putin invading. One is that the military industrial every, even when they have like some sort of talks where they're trying to make headway towards maybe getting along a little bit, the military industrial complex is like, yeah, but we're still sending weapons. And then the other thing was when this all happened, because don't forget a lot of this goes back to us orchestrating uh, the coup back in 2014 and not, and, and us playing fuck around games. And, and I'm not taking away anything from Putin invading, but a lot of it has to do with us playing fuck around games over there, you know? And so if, if you, go back to when Russia invaded. One of the things that happened was we got the Nord Stream 1, Nord Stream 2, whatever, Nord Stream 1, 2 pipeline shut down where they were going to be piping, you know, uh, fuel or natural gas direct into uh, Germany and stuff. Yeah. So I wonder how much of it was, you know, over that kind of shit. Now that I hear that might be coming back on and this winter as Germany moves in and Europe moves into, you know, a cold winter maybe. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna want all that that gas and oil and everything from Russia because they need it. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Pretty interesting he, how he, much shit Trump got for going to Germany and saying you're you're about to be Russia's bitch if you do this, <laughs> and how it came to life. I mean, say what you will about Trump, but he was right about that, and everybody gave him hell. Oh, it's such an embarrassment seeing this man and you know this is the leader of our country. And meanwhile, we got Sleepy Joe that you know that's not an embarrassment. Okay, yeah. 
Interesting though. I I, I I don't trust a damn damn thing any of them are doing. I'm just happy that it is affecting me less and it's not going the direction, I guess, anymore or for now. I don't want to say anymore or for now that I thought it was going to go. Uh, and I put myself in a pretty good position because I've stocked up on a lot of yeah. stuff heading into this. <laughs> so, which is good. Um, you know, it, it is good. I, I, I'll take my wins when I can get them because as a prepper, <laughs> you're not planning for any damn wins. So, um, at any rate, that was, that was our, our political segment. I got one more thing a little bit later, but I don't know that it's exactly political. Uh, what I wanted to talk about now was, and I've got this video I want to play. Uh, before we get into Elon Musk brain stuff, there is this this thing that's been going around uh, the different news outlets and all that stuff. And Jason Crow here in Colorado was the one that brought this to light, I believe. That's where I heard it anyway. But he was talking about these DNA testing um, uh, outfits, websites, whatever, organizations, and the dangers of that stuff. And let me play this this clip real quick. Uh, this is something off of Fox News with him talking about it. Uh, and then I'll get your thoughts on it, and we'll go into this in a little more detail. Warning tonight about DNA companies and your personal information. Your DNA information can be sold and weaponized against you. The alarm being sounded. Listen to this. You can actually take someone's DNA, take you know their their medical profile, and you can target a biological weapon that will that will kill that person. And people will very rapidly spit into a cup and send it into 23andMe and get really interesting data about their background. And guess what? Their DNA is now owned by a private company and can be sold off. We have to have a, an open and public discussion about what does the protection of healthcare information, DNA information, and, and your data look like, because that uh, data is actually going to be procured and collected by our adversaries for the development of these systems. So my my thing on this, I am that guy that will not give them my crap because I just don't know. You know, say these twenty three me and all that say, yeah, we don't sell your information, we don't do that stuff. What's to say in five years from now, Amazon or somebody doesn't buy them that doesn't have that same same philosophy? You've got the HIPAA stuff that it doesn't seem like medical necessarily, but it is you. It is it is what makes up you. So I, I see. I, you know, with all politicians, I'm a little bit leery because they, they get this, they get hyperbolic about all of this stuff and want to ramp things up. But at the same time, I get the concern. Uh, I'm not, I don't, I haven't put my crap in any of that. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I think it gets back to highlighting the, the bigger issue of data security, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's happening with your data? We hear all the time about hacks happening. I get emails on, you know, I don't know, once every three months, once every six months. Um, from the Office of Personnel Management because of the OPM hack that happened with security clearances years ago by China, right? So I, I think that's a huge concern. And I think that we have to understand that our technology is heading towards, if they don't have the capability, heading towards them being able to do that in mass to create, you know, specific DNA targeted weapons against individuals. But I don't know that they even need to go that route nowadays. I mean, that, you know, that sure that's out there, but there you can you can go there, there's a lot of talk now that they have you know we call it ai it's really mechanical learning um it, it's a really advanced intel you know intelligence programming and stuff in a computer um but we have supposedly i'm hearing talk that we have drones that have ai facial recognition in it that can match it up with a database where they scour 
Facebook Russia or whatever it is, scour that and they can match that up with, you know, key leaders and people and they could have drones just loiter over the battlefield. And as soon as any of the drones get an AI facial recognition on some general, some key target, the drones can go fly in and, and uh, attack that person. So I, I think we're at that point and it gets back to that premise that I, I have that unless we as human beings learn how to, to responsibly use technology so we don't fucking destroy ourselves. Everybody says we'll destroy the planet. No, we won't destroy the planet. We'll just kill all of us. The planet, the planet, unless it gets the egg gets cracked by some massive asteroid is going to be fine. And, and, and it will come back. We destroy ourselves. So unless we can figure out how to responsibly use the technology and be responsible with it, um, we either have to, we, we either have to do that or we have to lose it through, I don't know, EMP, CME, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this goes to what we're going to be talking about with Neuralink later on to everything good that is created everything has this positive aspect of it like the Neuralink and all that but at the same time these these dickheads that are in charge the the three letter alphabet agencies all these people that can use this stuff you think about with the drone technology with the dna technology maybe with the neuroplant stuff and the facial recognition all of those combined together to create this this one seek and destroy machine um, that, you know, anybody on the planet. And and if you don't think, you know, China making their super soldiers and doing stuff like that, if you don't think they're working on getting that crap done, uh, you know, and, and, and who knows what we're actually doing. We had this conversation the other night. It was a pretty good conversation about what technology do we actually have and all that. But uh, it, it is pretty, it, it, it's it's interesting and it's it's great how much they can do with this stuff as far as, the evolution of man and and what we can do and and our healthcare and all of that stuff but at the same time just like just like nuclear power it's going to get used all of this stuff gets used for the benefit of them and the detriment usually uh, of us down here this this one article i've got here talks about the five risks of sharing your dna and i want to go over a couple of these unless you had do you, do you have any thoughts on what i just said no no i think you're right on okay uh, the first one is hacking, and I think you just mentioned that, right? Uh, the ability somebody yep. to get into their information, and and your you know your information is there, just like our passwords and crap now. Except you're talking about your DNA, <laughs> and and some dude from the Ukraine is not hacking into your computer to or or a database to get. I guess maybe they would because they'd get paid from it, right? The pharmaceutical companies and the and the you know the NSA and all that stuff would love to have that information. Without having to go through well, the you, you assume the NSA already doesn't have all that stuff. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. They have everything else. But yeah, I, I think, you know, when it comes to Ukraine and all those countries, it's data sells. It's just what kind of data does someone want to sell? You know, it's you go on the dark web. You can buy all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Second one is who can profit off your DNA and it's not you. It is, it is interesting and neat that you can figure out where you came from and all that. And you even brought up earlier. I don't know if we were, if it was during the show or before the show, but you brought up how it can give you genetic markers or something like that. Right. Well, I mean, the great thing about DNA testing is you can go find out if you have genetic, you know, predispositions to certain problems or health conditions. There's a lot of stuff that DNA can help help you understand that maybe, you know, you can work with your doctor to focus on like, hey, you know, my family has a predisposition to this type of cancer. Can we test for that every once in a while or something along those lines? And then, you know, while that's there, 
you have people playing fuckery and being assholes with the, with the data. You're like, how can we use this to make money? How can we use this to get an advantage? It's like, why can't we just all be fucking cool that like, Hey, this is a good thing. Stop fucking doing it. But we can't because that's what they do. That's what the elite, that's what the powerful do. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people in the chat too, talking about how they can't even keep track of medical records, uh, you know, hospitals and no. stuff like that. Uh, so people wouldn't even need to hack <laughs> a lot of the times. And it's yeah, true. Right? Uh, police agencies and all that, all they'd have to do is request and, and, you know, then politicians could make it, you know, probably do some things to make it to where you have to comply, but all they have to do is request that information. So it's not like they can't get it. Uh, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not putting my stuff in there. Remember, they, uh, the they write the on rule this book. List, uh, what's that? They write the rules, they write the rule book and they have a secret rule book that only they can, they can know about. Mm -hmm. Right. That you don't even know, like, hey, we can go do this to you because of this fucking rule that we put in somewhere. You know, secret FISA courts that we know are bullshit that have been busted. But yet, oh, yeah, we still got our FISA court acting like it's some sort of fucking great process. They yeah, roll it yeah. out like, oh, yeah, look how great this is. So, yeah, no, it's all it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. We, we still trust these people. I've, I've been reading some stuff and I don't know how valid it is. So I don't want to get into it too much about this, this whistleblower or whistleblowers from the FBI talking about the Hunter Biden cover up the stuff they're doing with that. Uh, there's other, I, I can't remember what else it was, something else they were talking about with, I, it may have been January 6th or something, but I don't know the validity of it yet. So I don't want to go too much into it, but is it surprising that the FBI is covering this stuff up? Is it surprising that they're skirting the laws? I mean, the Hunter Biden thing is so obvious, it's almost retarded. It's almost stupid. Shouldn't say that word, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Hillary the, Clinton the, the thing FBI was hero, bad. The greatest FBI agent in fucking history, according to the FBI, is J. Edgar Hoover. Again, yeah. you know, so, so like, how do you fucking trust the FBI when that starts the whole conversation? Yeah, J. Edgar Hoover. We love him so much. We keep our building, our headquarters named after him. Yeah, that guy was the the OG of dirt balls. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking total dirt bag. Did all kinds of shady shit, and yeah. we know that is a, a fact. And they still fucking name their headquarters building after him. So how can you trust anything that they say? That's like that's like that's like having some organiz an organization. I don't know that follows Nazis or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. Same fuck, you know, come on, fuck him. Yeah. Uh, and do you think, because I was thinking this when I was reading all this stuff with this whistleblower, do you think there's like two different aspects or maybe even more than that of the FBI where you've got the the section that does the work, that goes after the criminals, that, that does all the, you know, the stuff we think the FBI does? And then is there this subset that is there to protect the, the, the political, the ruling class? Because yeah, it sure I, seems I think like that. I think the whistleblowers ever since I think when they really and maybe before, but I know going back to when they started going after Trump on some of his shit with the with the Ukraine deal and all that other shit where whistleblowers were coming out. They changed the, the whole deal with whistleblowers, man. Whistleblowers now are being weaponized. Oh, we have a whistleblower, some dude that just runs his fucking mouth, you know, yeah. and, and they, they never go back and fact check him, do anything. It's like, yeah, whistleblower said. And then everybody says it like it's facts. So I think they've weaponized it to where I don't really know that I have much trust in the whistleblower process anymore. You know, I think there was a time when it might have worked. So I, I think everything, again, I think whenever they do it, it's all fucking theater now. Yeah. Especially any of the whistleblowers that make the mainstream media. And I look at it like, well, it's an FBI whistleblower. Okay, well, what what's the angle here? 
There's yeah. never not an angle with a whistleblower these days. Yeah, yeah. Who is the one that that pulled this whistleblower up from out of nothing? Uh, who is the one that paid this guy to blow the whistle? I, I that's that's what I think these days. But nonetheless, just like Julian Assange and all that stuff, if the information is valid and if the information is true, I don't I don't really care where it came from and who is 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 planning to benefit from it. But my my other thing with this, and then we'll get back to this um, DNA stuff, is I don't it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. Just because I watched the Hillary Clinton stuff happen, the stuff that was completely glaringly obvious and nothing happened with it. Just because this Hunter Biden stuff is coming out now uh, and maybe something happens if the Republicans take the House, who knows? Maybe it's just another circus, another show, and nothing comes of it, just like Hillary Clinton. So it, 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 while, while I'd love to see something happen from it, I don't expect it. Hunter, Hunter Biden... Hunter Biden is the establishment's trump card against Biden. Anytime they want, they can pull that trigger. Like anytime they want, they can pull the Hunter Biden trigger. Right? Like, hey, he he's a dirt bag. He's tied in with China. He's made millions. Look, Joe, we got I mean, everybody knows that, you know, Joe's the big guy. Right? He he he's the guy that's in the in the Hunter Biden emails. He's all that shit. They know he's corrupt. They got the fucking goods on him. They just have chosen not to fucking pull the trigger. Yeah. So at some point when they get, if they get, if it plays in their hands to get Joe out of office or to get Joe not to run again, they're going to pull the, the Hunter Biden trigger until that's until that fits, suits their narrative. Then they're going to keep just ignoring all the, you know, all the shit. And it's like, I don't give two fucks what Hunter Biden does as far as, you know, he want he wants to go out and, you know, do his blow and his crack and leave fucking computers all over town. Like, you know, fucking Carter has peanuts. Yeah, I okay, what the fuck ever. But the fact that he's fucking using his father's position, the fact that their corruption's going on, the fact that he was all tied in with Ukraine and now magically we're involved in some fucking shitty fucking, you know, we're supporting supporting some bullshit. You know, hey, I have no problem supporting the Ukrainian people, but look at look there, you can't tell me that there wasn't shit that led up to this, especially with as much shit that was going on in Ukraine before with Hunter Biden and fucking Joe Biden. Miraculously, we end up in a war there. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Brandon said in the chat, Bill Clinton had a whistleblower. <laughs> I bet you Hillary Clinton had a whistleblower too. <laughs> well, and, dude, and look at that, right? You know, the Monica Lewinsky thing. Look at how the media went after that woman. Yeah. Right. They go after her. They all the all the woke crowd goes out and wants to vote for fucking Hillary Clinton, who went and went after all the fucking people that that her husband was, was banging. And somehow she's like your great savior like of wokeness. She's gonna have an opinion on wokeness. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. So back to this article. A couple more. Uh, the laws covering genetic uh, privacy are not broad enough. And and I agree with that. It's basically. It's these private companies. You give them your information, and there's no there's no oversight or anything. So I I, I kind of get that that aspect of it. Maybe that'll change. I'm sure that'll change here in the future. Uh, anything on that before I move on? Of course, there's no oversight on. There's no oversight on anything that has to do with social media, any of that stuff these days. Any new technology, right? And so what happens in that? What happens is return. Why is there no oversight? Social media and these tech companies are buying. The, the lack of government intervention by turning yeah. over data to the government. So, yeah. of course, there's no oversight on them. So, yeah, where is your DNA? You know, I mean, I don't know, again, but would, would, should I assume that the, the government doesn't have anything that goes into the DNA database that the government doesn't have that? 
you know, like, no, I, I think they, they completely do. And, and that was my point earlier that I was, that I was trying to make was that, that when, when it comes down to stuff like that and the government or these different agencies want this information, they can go in there and say, Hey, you know what? We were thinking about creating these laws and all that stuff, but you know, if you just kind of help us out here, maybe we can figure out a deal where we're not going to, uh, you know, put this bill through or that bill through, and maybe we can work something out. Same thing they do with all these damn companies. So, so who knows? Uh, yeah. I think there's more behind the scenes, and they know more about us than we have any idea about. So uh, the other one here, and this is the last one I'm going to go over. Law enforcement knows these companies, and I, I believe you talked about this earlier, but law enforcement knows these companies have your DNA, and they want it, and they're already asking. I think, I, you know, you hear about there's, there's um, serial killers, and I, I forget what that cop's name was that was caught because somebody put their DNA in, and then some one of these DNA sleuths figured everything out and put together his family tree, and they caught the, the police officer. I think it was the Golden State Killer or something It, it was like that. Golden State. It's the Golden State Killer, I think, and they've used it to catch other people, and what they do is they match it. They can get the DNA down to, like, you know, a family unit of cousins, like – an extended family out to you, like your first cousins or something like that. And then they start looking at that family unit, like, Hey, who fits the profile? And that, that's kind of how they, they, they figure some of that out. So again, there's, you know, I think that if you can cat, if you're cat without infringing upon people's rights, if you're able to catch a fucking serial killer, I'm okay with that. But at the same time, it's like, they're giving away all of our data, all mm -hmm. of our information. It's, it's why you see the ads you see in your shit all the time. They're, you know, they're, they're giving away all of our data. They're selling our data. And again, they're run amok and they're, they're, they're taking that data and using it to bribe the U.S. government to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And when you, when you think about DNA, this is our blueprint. <laughs> this is everything about us. This is not just, you know, what time we have a bowel movement or something like that. I'm sure they got that data too. But this is what makes us who we are. And if you take this with the other 100 million data points they already have on us, they they can get a, a they can have a damn good idea about who an individual is. So, what do you think they'd get off of your DNA, dude? Not a whole lot. I am a boring person, <laughs> and and if I wasn't, it's not like I'd say a damn thing while I'm sitting here on YouTube anyway. So, <laughs> but that you know they they'd find out I'm a guy with a couple no insurance tickets and and failure to appear basically. <laughs> They're like, give that DNA back. We <laughs> yeah. Is this is this the whole thing or <laughs> you know? Uh, at any rate. Uh, I want to move on from this. It's just, it's pretty interesting. Uh, and I think, um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've got this right here. I was like, I didn't, I forgot to pull up the, the YouTube video. But I want to move on because it's kind of the same same sort of subject. It's, it's we're talking about um, Elon Musk's and his, uh, what does he call it? His, his Neuralink. Neuralink, um, yeah. There's a couple different companies that there's, I saw this video the other day about this other company that's competing with him that is actually getting ready to do human trials on this stuff. So I'm going to play this video uh, real quick, and then we'll, we'll go over Elon this Elon Musk's brain implant company Neuralink is the billionaire entrepreneur's venture into an experimental medical industry known as Brain Computer Interface, or BCI. And in the six years since Neuralink was founded, there has been massive progress generated in the field of BCI. 
Some of that coming from Neuralink themselves with their work implanting devices into pigs and monkeys, including one now infamous monkey who can play Pong using nothing but his thoughts thanks to the digital telepathy enabled by BCI technology. And now, the next generation of brain-computer interface is going to human trials for the first time in the United States. However, the first BCI procedure to be approved by the FDA is not going to be a Neuralink. It's a device called the Stentrode from a competing private company called Synchron. And knowing our... So um, I think I put that, I hope I put that in the chat. Uh, pretty interesting video, come long, but... Um, I wanted to talk about that because this is another thing, just like all of this other stuff, that really has potential to help out a lot of people. It, it can be a game changer for a lot of people. But when you start talking about uh, connecting your brain to a computer, that is just one more, one more link in this chain of, you know, where does all of this crap go? If... What I think about with this, and, I, and I'll get your thoughts after this, what I think about is like, you know, we got lie detector tests right now, right? If they were to be able to figure out how to hook this stuff up and read your thoughts, basically, and on a computer screen uh, displays a picture that is basically going to tell them whether you're full of shit or not. I mean, what's to say that's not out of the realm of possibility? So basically, all they've got to do is ask you questions, and your thoughts are going to portray you. It's not that if you're a really good liar or anything like that. It's that if you think it, <laughs> you're, you're in, guilty. In, 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 in 10, 20, 30 years, yeah, there's not going to be any secrets anymore. It's just not going to happen, really, because, again, exactly that. Right? You know, we're, we're heading towards a singularity, and people now, people like us, will say that's not going to happen. I'd never go for it. Well, good. We're all going to be dead in 30 or 40 years. We're heading towards a singularity because at some point there's going to be people that say, yeah, I will, I will put electrodes in my brain so I can be smarter, think, you know, faster, fight harder, whatever oh, that case may be. And, and once that happens, you're, you're a fucking monkey, not playing pong as good as the monkey playing pong with just his mind. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That monkey was pretty good at pong, dude. That, he, he was doing pretty well. It, it's pretty so, insane what they're the the capabilities that there are these days. I mean it, and it, it mm -hmm. has the potential, you know, to to do a lot of great things. But at the same time, as we talked about with the DNA stuff, as we talked about with like nuclear energy and all that stuff, the good that can come from all of this stuff, there are the shitheads on top that just cannot help themselves. But to weaponize something or to use the police uh, using stuff to benefit themselves. Uh, and we didn't really even get into this. Maybe we, we will here. We got a few minutes. But the police using what by whatever means necessary, any tools, any new tools, any, any new stuff, they're going to use it. And people are going to be like, oh, yes, the police should have that. They should have access to all that stuff. And I'm not, I, you know, I'm not so sure about that. I don't want the police yeah. being able to scan my brain. No, man. Again, and that comes back to like, well, it's, you know, what do you have to worry about? Right. I don't know everybody that used to say, what do you have to worry about and support that? I think we've seen lots of reasons to worry about what happens when law enforcement could do their own shit. So, no, again, we, we, we keep we we have to be responsible with the technology we use and it's going to be used by authorities and abused. It constantly it constantly is. You know, you, you, you talk about like with, with the police in my, my argument, because I love law enforcement. Right. But I, I look at it and I'm like, 
stop trying to use technology to catch people. Let's start trying to work on doing your stuff like prevent crime. How come every, half the cop cars in America, if not probably a lot more, have gone to like all one solid color in a lot of places? And down the side, you see police, like it's all black. And down the side, you have them flat black police. Well, because we can't catch the speeders then. Well, how about I don't want someone speeding the first fucking place. So let's see your make your car so everybody sees it and get people yeah. out there to slowing down. Yeah. You know, that's, so, that's so when you really talk about point. technology, yeah. that's a simple technology. It's called fucking spray paint and a light bar that people can actually see. But it's a game of we need to catch you because the city wants to make money off it. Right. Don't put two cops in a car. We'll split them up so we can cover more ground. And what can we do? We can write more fucking tickets. That's what they're using the technology for. Yeah. So again, do I think that, do I have any, any reasonable hope that if we got technology, read people's minds that somehow the, are the powers to be, wouldn't use it to fuck us over? Not a chance. Of course they are. Yeah. Hey, you got a cop behind you and he's, he's putting your license plate in his computer and finds out all this information about you. And then he puts his little brain scanner, uh, brain scanner dish pointed towards your car and he, he can hear all your thoughts. Oh shit. There's a cop behind me. Oh shit. I hope he doesn't find my pipe. <laughs> oh shit. You know, I got a lot of stuff in my trunk. So yeah, pretty interesting. But do you think about all the, you know, I go back and forth. We had this conversation before the show. I go back and forth on how much, uh, you know, because the government gives a lot of these law enforcement agencies a lot of stuff, whether it's vehicles, whether it's um, uh, equipment and stuff like that. And I know that some police forces need that stuff because they don't have the budget to get that stuff. But then you have police forces. I, I think it's overused or you get police like the Uvalde shitheads that use it as some kind of cosplay thing. Like they get in there and they, they act like G.I. Joe until something happens and all of a sudden they don't know what to do. So what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I go back and forth because I think there's a place for some things in some municipalities and all that. But at the same time, I don't want my police force, you know, all militarized up. Well, police need to be able to defend themselves. Police have, you know, it, it's a dangerous job. They're going up to fucking people that don't want to be caught, don't want to be fucked with, you know, criminals that are going to do stuff. And how much did all the fucking tactical gear that 400 officers had, that 400 officers that, that were at Uvalde, all the tactical gear, all the multicam, all the fucking cool guy shit in the world do to make their job better. Right. Yeah. They all want to look like there's some fucking Delta Force operator. They look cool standing right. there. Doing nothing. They, they, they all want this shit. Well, we need it. We need this. We need. Why do you have to look like a fucking Delta Force operator? Why do you need camouflage? Why do you need to have subdued police cars? Again, it comes back to all this shit. How about do your job and let's look at the job that should be done as to prevent crime by a presence. Like, you know what? It's why when you have cops, you know, in New York, where you know, I don't know that they're doing it now. But when you have cops that walk a beat, they get to learn what's going on in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we fucked over cops in a lot of ways to defund the cop movement, the way it was implemented and all the bullshit that went down. You know, how do you expect cops to fucking feel safe? Like, I don't know that that rifts were able to come back from that rift. And I guess it gets down to the point, too, with Uvalde being the deal and the Supreme Court doing it, that the cops have you don't have any expectation of the cops. There's no legal expectation that they're going to protect you. Right. If, if things go down. And and so and then when if they do, you might get Uvalde. So you have to protect yourself. Again, it gets back to why we're all preppers. 
Yeah. Or, God forbid, the other side of the equation where you get a bunch of cops that feel like they're G.I. Joe and go blasting mm-hmm. shit up and, and not, you know, not trained to use the, the equipment that they actually have and all that stuff. So I just think, you know, like you were talking about with police cars should look like police cars. Cops should look like cops. Border security should look like border security. I mean, that's the way it is. But I, I guess with this, this military equipment that comes from the government, it's not like you can spray paint it or something. So it, it's going to look like that. Well, and, you know, and then a lot of when, when Pete and, and, and remember, it's the clickbait headlines. A lot of times, like there was a time when Obama cut back on the shit he was giving to cops. And what he was cutting back on was like heavy weapons and shit like that. Like, hey, this doesn't go. They don't need the, some of this shit. Right. It, they were still getting a lot of the other shit. Like, I have no problem repurposing helps, especially if it look, man, if we have cops, if we can keep our cops safe. Right. So when they go do their job, they're not in fucking fear. You'll have a lot less negative interactions with cops. Right. The fact is, what if part of the everybody talks about defund the police movement, but this has been going on for years. The police department, one of the easiest places to save money or two of the easiest places to cut training and to cut staffing. So cops have been asked to do more with less and less and less and less for years. Mm hmm. Right. And one of the things that they're doing more with less of is training. You know, and, and they'll say, well, they had six weeks of training, the academy or six months worth of training. And once they get on the streets, a lot of departments don't have shit for training after that. And it shows. Yeah. Right. They had a cop that had his M4. Sighted in on the dude in Uvalde as the guy was getting ready to head into the building and the cop didn't take the shot. He asked permission to take the shot and to get an answer. And the kid walked in the building. Yeah. Right. What? That's bad training. They've never either. They didn't train on it or they had bad training. Like, hey, here's your SOPs. What are you going to do? Why aren't you putting putting people through scenarios? What are you going to do if you're outside and you see the the, the guy, uh, uh, an 18 year old kid or some dude with an M4 heading towards a school? What are you going to do? Like, oh, well, I, he's probably out just wandering around and we, we, we don't understand that. You know, like where he's probably just misunderstood. So it's okay for him to walk into school with a fucking gun. No, they're not training. And that goes back on society again. And it goes back on governments cutting law enforcement, governments cutting public safety for a lot of years in a lot of places. Yeah. You know, one of the most frustrating parts of that is the four, almost 400 police officers and not one of them said, screw it. There's a bunch of kids in there. I don't care if I get fired. I don't care what happens. I'm going in. Not one of them. There, um, it, it's insane. There, well, there was one cop. There was there was one cop at the beginning that tried a couple of times, a Uvalde cop that tried a couple of times to go down the hall. And every time he went down the hall to go to the classroom, everybody just stood at the front of the hall and didn't follow that guy. He tried to, he tried to force the movement. He tried to take the initiative. He tried to make stuff happen. That's what he, you're supposed to do. And nobody backed that dude up. Like he was the one guy in there that was doing it, doing his shit. Right. Then the rest of the time they all sat around while those kids got fucking shot. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't blame him for that because if you are doing that to try to get that, that ball in motion, so to speak, and nobody's following you, you know, it, it's almost pointless to go it alone uh, because if you get shot, what's, I mean, what's the point situation still the same, except you got a bunch of cops going over there. Who, yeah. And, and not we didn't go up there. And, and, and look, we're bashing on cops. Not all cops are bad. Not all cops are, are the same fucking nuggets that, that were in Uvalde. 
right? That's not the case. Yeah. But, but I think the point is that, that we should, that people should take away is they might be right. So what do you do? Yeah. Right. That's, that's where you have to, you have to prepare and understand that police don't know their, they, some of them may not know their jobs. Right. So, you know, we, we, if you have an interaction with a cop, if you're out and, and you're, you're armed, you know, if you're a concealed carrier or, or something happens, understand that they may not come and do their job. And if they do, like they may not be that effective at it. So you have to do, you know, make sure they know who you are. Make mm-hmm. sure you don't have that interaction if you can avoid it. Well, and as a cop, it would be it would be really frustrating. It would be tough, you know, not knowing whether you were going to be that one guy. Terrible so job. You did have that mentality. You were going to be that one guy that went in and everybody else stood by. And I think that goes to maybe, you know, more training. You train with these guys, you get that stuff done, and you get a better idea about their personalities and, and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I think they're, as a police officer, that would be tough, not knowing if your buddies that are supposed to have your back are actually going to have your back. Uh, and maybe that's what caused well, and, all of these people to just freeze. How- and how terrible is it that one of those cops is the husband of the school teacher that got killed in there? Yeah. Sat out in that hall. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she was dead. I, I don't know. And at the same time, he was he was out in that hall. And like, so what what level of shit is going on in the department where that like doesn't push to drive the narrative to, to get get those kids out? Not, not even fucking try. I'm sorry. That just wrong. Yeah, and and Peter asked in the in the chat if he was the cop that actually had the wife in the school. I don't know if he was or not. No, but I'll tell you what the, the the cop that the cop that tried to get in there it wasn't his wife. That was a different cop. Oh, okay. uh, the cop that tried like you could see the guy trying to go down the hall. Now, the, the, obviously when when they when they found out that cop was distraught because you can see on the cameras like when he when he kind of got word that like it, it, you know his wife didn't make it. You can see that the guy was just devastated. You know, you wouldn't be able to stop me if my wife or kids were in there, just like that mother that was flipping out. She got handcuffed and then they let her go and she went charging in there. I mean, you wouldn't be able to stop me. Damn the torpedoes. Uh, Whatever happens, happens. But I'm I'm not I'm I couldn't live with myself if I if if something happened and I survived for the rest of my life. I had to think about that shit. I couldn't I couldn't do it. And, And I'm not doubting that that wouldn't be applicable to you. But what I what I do know is. Like you saw it happen there, right? I imagine if you had talked to that cop whose wife was the teacher beforehand, he'd say, "Oh yeah, I would. I'm going in." Yeah, maybe. And then what? Whatever transpired there, whatever that fucking shit that went sideways, he he didn't do that. And I again, I, I have no doubt that beforehand that guy would have said, you know, I he would go in. So it's, it's easy know. for me to sit here on YouTube and say that shit. But when you're in a, a, a high-intensity situation like that and everything's, you know, all the information is flying around you and all that, it'd be, uh, you know, tougher to pro- kind of process all that stuff. But, again, that goes back to training, I think. Well, it does. It goes back to realistic training. problem with a lot of training now is people pencil whip training. They go out there and they want to look cool. They go through some drills so it feels cool. But you really need, hey, what if? What do you do if this happens? And sit around in groups and ask people hard questions like that. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I I imagine now coming out of Uvalde that I think the chances that some cops not going to take that shot is going to be really reduced now because 
such an issue is made over it. And I imagine every cop agency across the country has talked to people who have talked about that. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that good that comes out of this, but you know, to look at it, it's, yeah, yeah, but there were failures inside the school system uh, that lacks security procedures and all that. So maybe all of that stuff is heightened at this point. But what happens in five years from now, then six years, then seven years? Um, I mentioned this. I don't remember huh. if it was on this show or a survival's prepper. But in my town, I, I wouldn't expect a whole lot more than that. Now, I don't know personally know the, the five police officers we have in this town, but... I, I don't know. I, I my expectation is they would not be, uh, you know, the be all end all. So uh, you know, I, and I think it's that way across a lot of small towns in the United States. And I think that um, has to be the people's mentality at, about this as well. The, the cops, there's not enough of them. Well, well, no. And when when you run into the problems that you have a depressed economy and stuff, it gets back to. How do you put more? I mean, they, they've been cutting cops for years. Again, it gets, you get down to the point where a lot of agencies run with just one cop in a car. For years, mm-hmm. it was two cops in a lot of the cars. So they, they've cut and cut and cut. And I think a lot of places are so bare bones. You know, you. We would go, we would, when I was doing the PSD work in Iraq, before we would go out, we always rehearsed our missions. Like walking, how are you going to walk here? What are you going to do there? What do you, here's how we're getting out of the vehicles. If we get here, this is what we're doing. You would do this shit every time before you had a mission. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't think you get that much training out of police because in a lot of departments just don't have the staffing to do it. How, how are you going to replace that? You pull that cop off the street for training, who you put in the backfill? Heck, they're trying to cover down on vacation days and all the other, you know, sick days and all the other bullshit and do less with more. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I think it's a bad state of affairs, where, you know, that we're at with a lot of it, especially going into, you know, if, if we have increasing uh, unrest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon said in the chat, and then uh, we'll close out this topic, but uh, he said, I certainly don't want to disparage law enforcement. Many of my friends and family are law enforcement. There's mm-hmm. good people. There's bad people. There's strong people as well as weak yep. people. And I think with me, anybody that puts on a uniform, military, police officer, firefighter, all that stuff, it gets, you know, gets a little bump up at just just for deciding to go that route. I think that takes one as a certain type of person to do that. Now, as far as police officers and the military, you do have those guys that go in there because they want to enforce, because they want that power. They want to do that stuff, right? Then you have guys that go in there because they truly want to help. They truly want to make a difference. So um, it, there, there is a big difference in all this stuff. And I think the majority, the vast majority of police officers and military members and all that stuff are the ones that, that you know, the heroes, the ones that do want to help, the ones that want to do good. Uh, but you do have that element in there. Uh, and this goes with everything, not just police officers, every job, everywhere. Um, you do have that element of just turds yeah. that, that are going to jack shit up. So. Um, kudos to the good guys, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think like, you know, you, Uvalde probably was a confluence of a bunch of shit, like just shit going wrong. You know, at the at, at the same time, I mean, hey, I, I will bash on cops a lot because I, I I hold cops in a high regard and like, hey, they're the only person in our society that is allowed to be judge, jury, and executioner, make an on the spot decision about about taking the life of another person, of another citizen. Right. So, yes, I expect them to be held to a fucking higher standard. Yeah. 
you know, and it's not that cops are bad. I, wor- I worked for the diplomatic security service for over a decade for and with, you know, it's, it's a law enforcement agency. I spent time, I spent years as a paramedic working, working around in and around law enforcement. I have a bunch of friends that are law enforcement a lot. It's as, as I think as a, as a industry, them do pull them the thin blue line and the thin blue wall bullshit that they played for a lot of years, not holding and demanding, you know, accountability out of all their, you know, their ranks, I think hurt them. And then mm-hmm. you throw in everything that, you know, you throw in that the, the guy, the Dennis, uh, Derek Chauvin, that guy had a history of being a fucking cockbag. And even when he first did it, they were trying to let, you know, the, the union was trying to play games with it. Call out your shit bags. It'll make yeah. the rest of you a, a lot better. It'll make it make the industry a lot better. Hold, hold that standard. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's that that needs to happen. But how do you do that now with with the, the relationship that, you know, a lot of people with, with the, you know, with the current state of affairs, a lot of law enforcement. I mean, you know, they're getting shit on nonstop. So I don't know. Yeah. 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 Which is which is terrible. Uh, we need them. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, you look at what's mm-hmm. happening in Seattle, Seattle and some of these cities where they've basically defunded them and cops have quit and retired and all that stuff. You see exactly why we need them. So, uh, you know, well, be, look, look you, at what happened in the Chaz, right? Yeah. You know, the, the, the chop or whatever it was, as soon as they, they, they said, okay, it's your own autonomous zone. Next thing you know, you had, you had a, a militia walking around with AKs, you know, shot people and did all kinds of stupid shit. So yeah. Complete you, anarchy. You yeah. 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 All right. So I got one more thing before we get out of here today, and this isn't going to take too long. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I don't know if you've seen this or not. But I saw this. I've seen things the last couple of days from News Nation on my TV talking about you. Wait till you see this interview, right? So I'm thinking, great, this dude's getting a freaking job somewhere. And no, you know, I find this today. And Chris Cuomo is getting a job at News Nation. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is not because he's just a dirtbag. I knew somebody was going to give him a job. But I kind of thought News Nation was going to be that news source that was sort of that as bipartisan as, as a news source can. But the fact that they hired this turd tells me all I need to know about it. it it's, it's no more trustworthy than any other one because the reason they hire this turd is because of ratings. That's all. Yeah. No, it, if you want to get media nowadays, it's just like going over on Angry Prepper yesterday. Yeah, I, I think you have to go to to shows, you know, whether it's ours or Angry Prepper, you know, I mean, you may, people may not like him, but Crystal and Sauger, you can go look at Glenn Greenwald. You can look at these people that have um, the social media shows out there, Louder with Crowder, Tim Poole, that are reporting information and that are actually trying to do factual reporting and get down to the deal and not just spin a narrative. I think that's that's the new mainstream media just the mainstream media hasn't given up the title yet yeah. this is where it's all going independent reporting and all that unless they get some sort of control over it you know they're obviously trying we talked about it yesterday on the angry prepper right they just uh they just locked yesterday i don't know if it's been unlocked but they locked tim pool's account um over on twitter you saw the alaska prepper got his uh channel locked or something happened over there so you know it, it's they're hitting people again and it's happening. And, and the more they pick off the, the, you know, the, the, the bigger ones they can pick off, like when they were picking off, you know, they're over there picking on the organic prepper. When they pick those off, it just make it easier to come down. Just keep going down the line. 
Yeah. Pretty interesting with Tim Pool on Twitter because he was going off the last couple of days about pedophilia and all that stuff. Uh, That's what he so, was going off over there. And, 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 about yeah, Twitter's and, and they, policies on pedophilia. Yeah. And, and, and the specific post was him him calling out people that were grooming kids that were pedophiles. He, that was his specific post calling that out and saying it was bad. And uh, Twitter booted him because, you know, oh, you're targeting people or something along those lines. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. At least with all these people, though, you know what you're getting. Steven Crowder, you go into it knowing who he is, what he's going to be talking about, the side that he's going to be taking when he talks about it. These, you you know, Fox News, you have no idea anymore. Uh, It's all it's all veiled in all of this different. We're conservative. But are we really? You know, we don't want to say too much about this. We don't want to say too much about that. At least with these guys on YouTube and stuff, you know who they are. You can disagree with them, but you know what? They're going to be real about it. So, well, and like 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 Crowder, I guess they were they just took a break. He's getting ready to come back. But like during the um, the Rittenhouse trial. He live streamed that stuff and the reactions to it. So I found it interesting. You know what what angle he's coming from. Mm-hmm. But to go see his perspective, because you weren't getting any of it out of the mainstream media. So it was interesting to watch because that they were literally sitting there all day long and then they'd give you good summaries. It was a great place to go get, you know, an unfiltered view. I guess when I say unfiltered, uh, an unfiltered view of somebody that, you know, is going to be really uh, strong on the right about that. And like, I want that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, just like I would go watch the the, the 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 shitty stuff that the mainstream media was saying, the lies they were coming up. I want their perspective. Okay, what kind of lies are you spinning? Because that's how you arm yourself. So, yeah. I think it, yeah, it's, I, I will watch what they're saying and how they say it and all that stuff because that is the information that the majority of people – are getting in this country. So that is going to be, and, and you've, you've seen it all, all the time. You see it when they're, when they're spinning a narrative and they're, they've all got the same talking points and it's like they, they get their bullet points from the white house and then all of them are talking about it. So they're talking about this. I saw this compilation video and I was going to get it and I forgot about it, but it's a compilation video of all the, these news outlets. And, and it was like probably 30 or 40, where they're all saying that this is season one of the January 6th series. Wait till season two. And they all said it the same way. Wait till season two. Wait till season mm-hmm. two. So it is not a, you know, like one person made this up and said something. It, it's it's like talking points. Uh, so you're going to get what you get from the mainstream media and take it for what it is. I think that is the narrative that is getting out to the mainstream public, though, a majority of the people. And I think the more people that kind of look for that alternative information, whether you agree with it or not, you're going to be more informed for it. So, uh, Anything else today before we get out of here, Brian? Nah, just, hey, everybody, thanks for showing up, all the new people in the chat. And, hey, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you hit the uh, subscribe button and ring the bells to get notifications, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, with that, I think we are out of here today. If anybody's got any ideas for different shows and stuff like that, leave us. Uh, you can send me an email to dale at questions at the survivalpreppers.net. Uh, but yeah, like, subscribe, share. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, uh, you can leave a review on there. If you do leave a review, send me an email to questions at the survival, the survivalpreppers.com and let me know you left the review. That way we can talk about it on the show too. Because uh, there's a lot of there's so much going on. Sometimes I don't get to all those, especially with Spotify and stuff. So, uh, but with that, everyone, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you all later.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Survival Preppers. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to join us on YouTube for our weekly live shows. For more information or to connect with Duff and Dale, visit thesurvivalpreppers.com or thebugoutlocation.com for members-only content and prepping courses. See everyone next time.